pressure on him. Throws it up for eight. Shot blocked by Antetokounmpo. What a block from Giannis. 17 seconds from game seven or from championship number six. Jordan. Open. Chicago with the lead. And they're putting Curry in the pick and roll, trying to get him on Irving. Irving and Curry, one-on-one. Irving puts it up. It's good. Kyrie Irving from downtown. We're sending it in, Jerome. That's for damn sure. Yes, 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 yes. What is up, everybody? And welcome to the Taproom Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Stacks on Stacks on Stacks. Lats, joined with my man, Swerving. Irving Washington in the Crenshaw shirt. Is that what that says? Yes, sir. Rest in peace, Nip. Hold on, is that red? Yeah, it's red. Then you, hold on, you just got. You were telling me the other night that that's not good. I know. I could wear this shirt. You can't. <laughs> oh, okay, 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 okay. I see what you're saying. All right, all right. Fair, um, enough, fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. Well, actually, you could. Would that happen to you? But you know. I'll, I'll I'll take your sloss and Chris show when you come to LA. <laughs> uh, will I be safe? <laughs> is, is my first question. Yeah, yeah, you'll be safe. Don't worry about it. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Fair enough. Oh uh, man, we got a good show on tap. Um, obviously we have seven baseball games today. A lot of we're getting down to the playoff races, so we got some playoff races to talk about. Obviously, the Tampa—I mean, not Tampa Bay—the Baltimore Baltimore Orioles making a run for the wild card man which is uh really incredible stuff and we got some news that kind of broke today in um both the nfl and nba and obviously or we we got no more weekends left of no football we got football for the every weekend from here on out whether it's february let's get it so exciting stuff if you guys haven't make sure to check us out on wednesday night we are in week six of our college football preview this week we are breaking down the big 10 we're hoping to have a guest on for for it. Um, he's on the East Coast, so scheduling is a little tough. But we're we're hoping to get him on. Excited to do the Big Ten, and then we got the SEC the week after, and then the week after that, we're gonna break down our uh, awards finalists, Heisman, um, all that stuff, odds, and then that weekend, we got college football, baby. Let's get it. We there. We are so we're right here. Uh, so thank you all for tuning in. Make sure you go to devour.com or download the devour app straight to your mobile device and use promo code TAPROOM for $10 off your first purchase of $25 or more. Craft beer delivered straight to your front door. You don't even have to leave. So let's get right into it, Irving. Right now, the San Diego Padres are in the top of the ninth inning against the Giants, and they still have not scored a run. They just got outscored by the Dodgers in a three-game series, 20-4. to four. They're one in four since acquiring Juan Soto. About to be one in five, maybe. What's your thoughts on the Padres? Because I know you're a Dodgers fan, so I know you got a strong opinion about this. No, I'm not going. Um, actually, I've never really had nothing against the Padres. They got a beautiful stadium. They're up and coming team. You know, they're trying to compete with the big dogs. I can't hate on that. They made a power move getting Juan Soto. It might take some time to adjust. That lineup is like barely missing pitches by inches. Even that series against the Dodgers, they could have easily had like seven or eight home runs. So I guess it's going to just take a little bit of time for them to gel. 
Tati's coming back will help him out a lot because you put another elite bat right in the middle of that lineup. Now, I don't know if he's going to hit leadoff or third or second. Well, Soto hit second, so he won't hit second. But I think him coming back, them figuring out the bullpen and how to get the game to Josh Hader will go a long ways because that could really shorten the game for for them, especially if the starter give them five, six, maybe sometimes seven strong innings. It's just they just they pitching good tonight. They're just not hitting. So once the hitting that lineup is too good. Once the hitting become a little bit more consistent, I definitely see them making the playoffs. Do I think they'll win it all? Honestly, not. They need a little bit more pitching, but they're definitely going to be a contender going forward. Yeah, I mean Ben and I spent an extensive amount of time on on the wild card last night, and uh, we were we were talking a lot about the Padres, and I was saying, you know. As long as the Padres make the playoffs, even as a third wild card, it's probably more beneficial in my opinion because I would rather face the Cardinals or the Brewers than face the Braves. Yeah, I feel you because the Braves have a three-headed, pretty much a three-headed monster because Spencer Strider not pitching like a rookie. So yeah, and I mean they're top to bottom, even their lineup in my opinion is you know. Better than the Cardinals. The Cardinals have Goldschmidt and Arenado. No, that's it. Then they they traded Bader, right? Yeah, they traded Bader. I mean, Bader wasn't giving them much offensively. He's more of a defensive guy. I killed most of that. We'll see. I like. I the thing I don't like about the Cardinals, their pitching is really shaky. Yeah, and you you seen what Hicks Hicks almost blew what five six run lead the other night. Mm -hmm. So they got to get that together heading into the playoffs because if you're pitching a consistent come playoff time, it's going to be a real short stay for you. Yep. But, I mean, the Padres aren't going to have much consistency outside of the pitching. And you, you said something that, you know, Ben and I both touched on last night, and it's like the Padres have to figure out a way to get a lead and get it to Hater. You know, that's not that easy. Yeah, outside of Joe Musgrove and you, Darvish, that last starting pitching ain't looking too good. But Musgrove, he can't go, he can't go three times through an inning. So, unless he's perfect through six, he's – not really trustworthy for six innings. Yeah, yeah, because you said after that that third time around, his, his batting goes up damn near 100 points. Yep, more than that. He's got like a 90 RA right now, third time through the lineup. It was seven entering last game, and last game he got fucking shredded by the Rockies. Damn, so he, uh, he pretty much Blake Snell. Yeah, except Snell's actually been more consistent lately. I mean, Snell's <laughs> arguably been their best pitcher his last three or four starts. He's been pretty decent. They gotta figure. They gotta figure it out, though, dude. They, that team's way too talented, and like you said, Tatis is gonna come back. Um, and honestly, I don't think there's a ton of pressure on Tatis either because he's batting in between or around Juan Soto and Manny Machado. Yeah, and he ain't played for the whole season, so he's just gonna get up. He gonna go up there as a free spirit, just yep. trying to make an impact for his team. Now, going forward, it's gonna be interesting how much. Is Juan Soto going to take a little less so they can invest more in pitching? Or is he going to want top dollar? No, I think he's going to want top. I mean, he turned down 400. Yeah, he told him. To, but see, the reason why he turned that down because they backloaded the deal. That was, yeah. I don't know what the hell the Nationals was thinking. So it depends on, does he want a shorter deal? I don't know why baseball players don't do that. If I'm young and I know I'm the best, one of the best at what I do, why not take a four or five year deal, max out at like 200, 250 million, get that high ass AAV, and then hit the free agency again at 29, 30, and uh, then sign. Nah, a- 
Irving, it's even better, bro. You can sign a 10-year deal and have, like, opt-outs every two years. That's what nah, you do. But you got to think, a lot of those long deals, they come with no-trade clauses. Most of the time, the team don't want them to give them an opt-out. Look at Mike Trout deal. He has no opt-outs. I think he got a no-trade clause, though. Yeah, but a lot but, of these good players now, they get those opt-outs every two years or opt-out after the third year. You know what I mean? Like Johnny Cueto, when he signed with the Giants, that was a big reason why he signed there was because the Giants gave him that option to opt out after the third year. Third well, year, he ends up getting hurt, so he opted back in. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? I think that would be smart to add that opt out because even though you're getting all that money and that long-term security of the franchise is complete doo-doo, and you could opt out and go somewhere else and probably get the same amount or even more. That makes a lot of sense. But then that's going the owner's gonna be like, and GM's not gonna like that. So they probably won't just be offering that like like free candy. So we'll see. But one thing about baseball though is like I don't think people look at baseball like they do other sports and they're like, Oh, well, this guy's a great player, but his team doesn't win, so he's not really that good because baseball you can only yeah. affect the game once Exactly. Look at Barry Bonds. He's probably the greatest player to ever live. And outside of like two or three of his teammates. Never won a World Series. Yeah, you can't name a lot of his teammates that he played with. So I get it. But you can't be wasting. You just can't be wasting generational talent like that. Well, the Giants didn't waste Barry Bonds. It was pretty much in and around contention for the better part of his career there. You don't want to run into a Mike Trout or Angel situation. You got two generational talents. It yeah. can't get 500. That's, that's why shameful. the Padres have to figure it out, though. Yeah, that's shameful. Yeah, because they could have over a billion dollars invested in three players, yep. and, and if pitching ain't right, they won't even make the post. They won't make the postseason. Nope. Pitching wins, dude, and especially like through 162 games. Like, I'd much rather have like great position players through 162 because they're gonna play a majority of the games where a pitcher's only gonna pitch every fifth day. But come playoff time, dude, I need. Like good solid pitchers, and the the Potters don't have that. Yeah. So we'll see how it we'll see how it works out for them. It it, it is a dangerous lineup though. So I mean, the possibility is always there of something happening, right? Yeah, one through six is be a pretty damn good. Yep. Because uh, Drury Drury Glove is whatever, but his bat is. He kind of remind me of boy he used to play for the Twins. I can't think of his name. Hunter Do- Dozier, whatever his name was. Hunter Dozier and Michael Kadir. Yeah, them dudes was average in the field, but they bash was pretty damn good. I mean, the problem with Drury, too, is he plays all over the field, so it's like he doesn't get consistency at one position. He always gets – Yeah, because when Tatis come back, what position, are they going to move him to the outfield? Probably. I mean, you can move him to the outfield, and then you can also, like, DH him. And plus, you could, like, give Manny rest days and DH him and put Drury at third. I mean, that's the great thing about guys that can play multiple positions is you can, you know, the switch army knives. You can play around with your lineup here and there, especially, like, giving right-handed, left-handed splits. So, I mean, it's not too bad. Um, Yeah, because when the Dodgers let Bellinger go, we should bring back Kike. (laughs) Kike's been hurt all year, though. I'd rather have him than Bellinger. <laughs> Bellinger's been nice though lately. Yeah, we'll see if it keeps up. I can't get my hopes up. I can't even mention it because next thing you know, he'll be below the Mendoza line. What's that line they call it? The Mendoza line? Mendoza line. CJ wants, <laughs> CJ wants to name it the Bellinger line though. <laughs> That's all bad. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about the AL wild card. So we got a big series right now between the 
Orioles and the Blue Jays. I can't believe I'm saying that. A big series here in August <laughs> between the Orioles and the Blue Jays. Right now, the Orioles came into this game two back of the wild card. Now they're one and a half back. Um, pick up a half game because uh, who was idle? The Guardians were idle and the Rays were Rays. idle. They didn't play. So now they're one and a half back of those teams. And obviously, they have two more games against the Blue Jays. So if they win those two games, they automatically overtake the Blue Jays. It's a big series. We got Alec Manoa, Kyle Bradish on the mound tomorrow. Do my Orioles have a chance, Irving? Do they have a chance to make the playoffs here? I think they do. I don't know. Tomorrow they probably won't win because Manoa's been pretty damn good this year. Uh, but the, I don't think the Blue Jays have won his last two or three starts, dude. I'm hope I'm pulling for the Orioles, man. I like I like what they're building. People thought they were trading Trey Mancini. They was giving up at the deadline, but you know they're keeping it rolling. They just they just need consistent starting pitching because they bullpen is crazy. Yeah, th- their bullpen is still lights out even without. Um, oh, I'm trying to see Alec Manoa. Let's see here. So Alec Manoa has been more, he's been more realistic lately. Like he's been an actual human being. He's not nails like he normally is. In the last month, Irving, he has a 3.38 ERA, 4.33 XFIP. He's given up 14 runs in 37 innings. He actually has a worse stats than Cole Irving of the A's, that, who's been like the best pitcher in baseball in the last month. But well, he's been he's been more realistic, and he's lost games to the A's, to the Mariners, and to the Tigers. He's only three and three in his last six starts, so he's susceptible Orioles, to losing. The Orioles definitely have a shot, and the, the Orioles seem to uh, like they beat Shane McClanahan. Like they seem to come up when you least expect them to. And Kyle Bradish was was great his last start, um, and. You know, he's got stuff, dude. It's not like he's a bad pitcher. He's just young. He doesn't know. He hasn't learned how to pitch. And he took a couple months off, hit the DL, and he's come back, and he's looked much better. Like, he learned how to pitch. So, And they've been hitting righties better lately, too, because you said they suck against right-handers. So. Lefties. Lefties. They suck oh, lefties. Okay. Yeah, they hit righties well. Like, they got Austin Hayes, who's a right-handed hitter, who happens to hit right-handers better than he does lefties. Like, that's... Reverse splits, you know what I mean? It's just unusual. But you think the O's got a chance here? I think they got a chance. You put that bet in on them, so hopefully they hit it. I like the way they play, man. The Rays are slumping. They can't hit. They can't hit. McClanahan it hasn't been McClanahan from the first half. Like you said, once you started approaching those career innings, fatigue is real, yep. especially if you ain't been to those, been in that territory before. Yep. So, I see the Rays probably falling out and the uh, Baltimore rising rising up because the Toronto, even though we don't think they're gonna do anything in the playoffs, they probably gonna make it just based off their hitting ability and their schedule down the down the um, down the stretch ain't super duper hard either. So I think it's gonna be Toronto, Baltimore, and who else is in the mix? Cleveland, um, and the White Sox. And the White Sox. Hopefully the White Sox pull it off because if they don't make the postseason, I'm going to look all bad because I picked them to actually go to the World Series this year. Ooh, shit. Well, I picked the Blue Jays to win the World Series, so I ain't looking too good either, bro. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's looked really bad all year. And I was like yeah. ultra confident too. I was like, the Blue Jays are going to win the World Series this year. Your boy Boba Shit. Dude, he. I was fooled, dude. He fooled me. He fooled me. Yeah, yeah Bellinger fooled me too. It happens to the best of us. Yep. It does. I mean, even like Vlad hasn't been that great. I mean, Kirk is. Chris, uh, Alejandro Kirk's probably been their best like overall hitter all season, dude. <laughs> That's yeah, like but, not good. You know, Vladdy is, is on a Hall of Fame trajectory, though. I think he's going to be all right. Yeah, it's be, crazy. He'll be all if right. You look, if you look at his first, I think, 300 and some games, him and his dad have the exact Identical, same. bro. <laughs> That's crazy. Fucking absolutely crazy, man. That is uh, wild. All right, let's talk about some uh, some NFL news that happened today. So, or actually, before we do NFL, let's, let's talk about the NBA news that happened today because mm-hmm. it's, it's the gift that keeps on giving, and that is Kevin Durant uh, reportedly goes to Nets owner Joe Sy and reiterates his trade demand, saying, but this time saying, I either want to be traded or you got to fire Sean Marks and Steve Nash, me or them. And then Joe Sy comes out on Twitter shortly after and says he stands behind Sean Marks and Steve Ma- Steve Nash. What's your what's your thoughts on what's going on in, in Brooklyn here? I think that's definitely gonna speed up KD getting traded. At first, I thought he wasn't gonna get traded because when he when he well demanded or requested to trade, a lot of people thought it was gonna go down within a week or two. It's dragged out. Training camp is pretty much around the corner. So, um, is he playing the Olympics? No. Well, the Olympics aren't this year. This oh, is, wait, uh, it's not this year. My bad. I'm thinking about the World Cup. My the bad. Euros. The Euro. The Euro. FIBA Euros. Okay, okay. So, honestly, Kevin Durant, you made your, you made your bed. You should lay in it. You got four years left on your contract. I understand you don't want to play with Kyrie anymore, so how about you just have them trade Kyrie, get you some pieces, and go that way. You can't, really can't trade Ben Simmons. He has no trade value. At all. Him and <laughs> Him and James Harden is starting to look like a fair swap, too, because James Harden is not looking like the same player. Mm-hmm. But back to KD, it just makes him look real funny in the light, man. If he was going to do all this, he would have been better off staying at Golden State. Like, the hate would have always been there, but you still would have been winning. So I get it. You taking the, uh, He's taking the lesser of two evils, which is pretty much him handicapping the whole NBA and everybody know who the favorite is going to be every year. But – he chose to go to Brooklyn. He actually backed them hiring Steve Nash. He's the whole reason why Steve Nash got hired. And now you want the GM and the coach fired if you want them, if you, if they want you to stay. Like, I don't know, man. He's an all-time great player, but he does it like I don't know. He's not an alpha. He's a he's a bat he's a Robin to a Batman, if you ask me. I mean, I think it's interesting because I under like most people are like, oh, well, this is an easy decision. Like just fire Sean Marks and, and Steve Nash. But I, I totally understand where, where Joe Sy is coming from because it's like, okay, we fire those two and keep Kevin Durant. Well, what does it look like if that doesn't work out? Like he's going to complain again and like we can't run our franchise around him. Like what is that? Where has that gotten you now? It's gotten you a total circus, dude. You know what I mean? Like people bash LeBron and how media circus follows him. Like 
It's been much worse in Brooklyn, in my opinion. You know, at least LeBron was taking teams to the finals, you know, in his prime and and winning winning championships. Kevin Durant's not doing that. Like, yeah, this isn't good. And like, he's literally holding the Nets hostage, dude. Yeah, he's pretty much because we already know Kyrie's out the door. Either they're gonna find a trade partner either before the season or probably All Star break at minimum. Yep. I don't see him playing the whole year with the Nets. Now, what really sucks is the KD situation because if you don't get a good haul back, the Nets are going right back Screw. down the proper. They're going to be the they're going to be the Brooklyn Nets before they got KD and Kyrie. Even though that was coming up a little bit with Atkinson, I don't know why they ever fired him, but that's another story. Fired that him because KD and Kyrie didn't like his style. See, so <laughs> you see what that got you swept to the first round. And also, I don't know, take this with a grain of salt, but Big Baby Davis was saying that initially KD was supposed to join the Celtics with Tatum, Kyrie, and him. But I don't know how much, I don't know how true that is because he said he's seen him in Jamaica and they was all huddled up talking to each other. And he looked at him and asked him, like, dude, what you doing here? Ain't you supposed to be going to New York? So, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. KD, got to get it together. Suck it up. You got to – if you got to go down with the burn the ship, go down with the burn the ship, man, because it's not looking good. You want out, and the only way they could keep you if they fired a coach that you wanted hired and the GM that gave you a max contract coming off a torn Achilles. So yeah. they showed you a lot of uh, – Showing you love. Yeah, they showed you a lot of love and faith and, um, and uh, commitment. Now you just want out because I guess well I could understand Kyrie kind of alienated him and he don't want to be there he don't feel comfortable with the situation no more but honestly and truly uh, Jordan who has a package that can land KD outside of the damn Oklahoma City Thunder who could give up damn twenty draft picks to get him I mean it depends on what the Nets are looking for like but then it's that issue of the team trading them you know what I mean because like. If the Nets want good players that are right now, it doesn't benefit a team trading for KD because then they get KD and it's like it's the mellow situation in New York. You know what I mean? The best offer I've seen is the the actually is the Celtics package. Yeah, the Celtics or the I mean, yeah, or the Raptors. If the Raptors yeah, are willing to give up like Scotty Barnes and uh, you know Siakam, maybe. Oh, damn. I know. Then they said no to the Timberwolves, too, right? Then the Timberwolves try to put a package together, and they said no to it, too? No, nah, the Timberwolves, we don't know what they offered them, but the Nets turned around and said, we want Cat, Ant-Man, and like, like Oh, wait, the Suns. The Suns try to put together one, too. Yeah, the Suns, the Suns offered DeAndre Ayton, uh, Michael Bridges, I think Cam Johnson, and then like a couple of draft picks, and the Nets said no. They wanted Booker. See, so I don't know. They probably might end up taking less if he, because the owner already said he's back in the gym and the coach. So they're probably going to take the best deal available. They're probably not going to get as much. They're probably going to make up for the lack of players with a whole bunch of draft picks, honestly. Yep. And then try to build for the future. But yeah, KD, I don't understand your thinking, buddy. But shout out PG County. <laughs> yeah, dude, Baltimore. <laughs> That's where Baltimore is at. Um, all right, let's talk about some NFL news that happened. So, Makai Benton, um, turns out he may be out for the year. Irving, this is the starting left tackle for the New York Jets. 
does this affect, you know, I mean, I don't think the Jets were going to be great anyways, but... Yeah, but it's definitely going to affect them. Yeah, it's definitely going to affect their performance on the field because they drafted him top 10. I forgot what pick it was, but I know it was top 10. And he was supposed to be their franchise cornerstone left tackle for the next 10, 15 years. And it's not working out that way because last year he had injuries. Then this year he might be facing a season-ending injury. So that's definitely going to affect... Their O line now. Elijah Vera, Elijah Vera Tucker did play real good at left tackle at USC, so you might be able to kick him out and slide a guard in there, slide another guard in there. I would sign a veteran just to have some, you know, some cohesiveness and some type of leadership on the line. Losing one of him because he is one of your veteran players because that's a really young roster, and I hope Salah can get it get it together. I'm a believer. He's a great defensive coach. He hired a pretty good offensive coordinator, but losing your left tackle is never a good sign. Like you can lose wide receivers, you can lose, you know, cornerbacks. You just can't have super massive injuries. But when it comes to losing defensive linemen and offensive linemen and quarterbacks, that's something you really can't overcome, especially if it's your better players on your roster. Yep. So Hopefully it's not season ending, but they said it's not looking good. So we'll have more information tomorrow. Yep. They can withstand it because they can kick Vera Tucker out the left tackle, but then that's going to affect their left guard position. So they might have to come together and see what they can do. Yep. No, I think I agree 100% with what you said. Uh, what about the news about Deshaun Watson? Uh, so Peter King comes out and says that he talked to an NFL executive who said that. Um, you know, a lot of the NFL teams and franchises are upset with the Browns for how they structured Deshaun Watson's contract. Um, does that have any like play? Do you think that affects like the CBA maybe going forward or like? Probably what? not. It probably might make teams not want to do business with the Browns, like trades and stuff like that, because they don't like the way they. Well, I'm pretty sure. Like, let's be real. The Browns knew he was going to get suspended. For some amount of time, either it was going to be four games, a year, a definite, however it won't be, however it might might have win or how it played out. But they made his first year guaranteed salary only like one, what, two million, something like that. So they knew what was going on. Is Did they violate the CBA? No, they just made a smart business decision. Now, the other teams in the NFL may not like it, but you can't get mad at a franchise for doing making a smart business move and getting – a potential top five QB. Yep. So, and even if, because can they, if they find you, it only could be your game money, right? They can't find you for your guaranteed money. Yeah, they can't find you for your signing bonus. So basically, like Ooh. for those six games, he's only going to be losing like $400,000. Yeah. <laughs> so that was saying, you can't, I understand why the league would be upset and all that good stuff, but you can't get mad at the Browns for doing good business. Now, did I think he was just going to get six games? No, I thought it was going to be at least 10 to a year. The well, NFL, the NFL is still appealing. Yeah, the NFL is appealing. They want a year. But honestly, I think if that goes through, the players are probably – that could affect the CBA because the players would be like, okay, you took it out of Goodell hands, but when something doesn't go your way, you hire another judge that used to work for you and work with you and probably see things your way, so it could probably lead to being biased and Deshaun getting a way longer suspension. So the only I do agree with that. However, I do think that like public optics in this scenario, I don't think it will be that big because a lot of people 
think Deshaun Watson deserves longer than six games. Yeah, I definitely thought he was going at least minimum 10, 10 games or more. Yeah. Maybe 12. But I mean, Ezekiel, I think... Ezekiel Elliott got suspended. I think he got suspended six games for less, like way less. Yeah. All he did was what he was at <laughs> spring break and pulled out a girl's bra or something. Yeah, like a girl he was with too. He just got yeah. caught on camera. So I get it. The optics does look real bad, especially with these. We got women on Twitter saying the NFL could care less about women, and Deshaun Watson is a monster. He never deserves to suit up again in the NFL uniform. So it's it goes both ways, but. The the judgment was six games. I'm not saying just you got to live with it. That's why the NFL is appealing it. But I honestly think if they do win the appeal, it's probably going to be what? They'll probably double it, push it to 10 games maybe. maybe. He's probably not going to get suspended for a whole year now, especially with no. they set the bar that low. Going from four games to a whole year would probably be unprecedented. So yep. he probably – he lucked out, honestly. And the Padres lose one nothing, Irving. Uh, they got to get them bats got to wake up. They got to. I mean, they got hosed on that call, though. That, it should have at least been 1-1. One, one. It would have been 1-1 one to one with a runner on third in one out. So it was like, so it was like Derek Jeter bad? That's how bad it was? I mean, like, the the, the point is, is they called it safe on the field, and there was no way that you could look oh, at it. Oh, they overturned it. Yeah. Oh, damn, that's and even the, worse. There's no way you could look at an angle and tell me that he was clearly out. Like, there's there, no way you could convince me that. So it's like, that's the point of replay. If it's 100% convincible that he's out, okay, overturn it. But in that case, it was like a 50-50 call. Like, don't, you made the call on the field, stand with it. Yeah, so if it's like 50-50, then things to just, you know, just stay the same. Kind of remind me of the tuck rule. Yep. And even though, even though it wasn't a fumble, but. It could have been oh, yeah, because his his arm is naturally coming down. You know what I mean? No, that shit was a fumble. I I can't stand the Raiders. And we all know that was a fumble. Yeah, dude, even Brady but, said it was a fumble. Now, yeah, yeah. When Charles Woodson finally asked him, yeah, but it's um, you know, repay is right most of the time, but and at the times it's wrong. It can really cost the team because what if the Padres? miss out on the playoffs because of this game <laughs> and it's yep. that and the race is that tight too so well major league baseball too i know we're getting off track but this is a good conversation here major league baseball is like they have replay and they go to replay and they still don't get it right like this isn't the first time i've seen it it's not the first time i've seen it in like the last two weeks you know what i mean like they're like the one league that like just i don't know what the fuck they're looking at dude they're, what they're, uh, so when are they going to that Automated or uh, that strike zone shit. I know they're doing it in the minors. Yeah, it's eventually gonna make its way to the majors. Hopefully not. Honor, you don't think so? I mean, dude, I I have my I the way that ump was calling that that Dodgers and Padres game. Yeah, the chat. This is this is the thing scary. though. Like, I don't mind umpires being wrong based on like yeah the strike zone. It's consistency that you need. So if you're giving an outside strike call a couple inches off the plate, you need to do that both ways. It can't be like you give one here and then tighter the rest of the way, especially when it's like big situations in the game, you know what I mean? Runners on and shit. So, I mean, it's just, it all depends on consistency. 
Now the umpires get report cards after every game, and the player, the umpires union in Major League Baseball, like talks to these umpires, like, "Hey, you missed this strike call. You know, you need to do better on this." They just don't like, hold them accountable. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, like the one because the dude that rung up Aaron Judge twice, I forgot who they was playing on those low pitches on the Cardinals. The okay. No, it was before the Cardinals. It was uh, when the when Mariners. Boone got ejected. I was watching that game. Was it the Was it the Mariners or the Astros? It, it was at Yankee Stadium. Well, that dude hasn't called a game at home plate since then. Yeah, I mean, there's some there's some bad ones. I mean, the Yankees Cardinals <laughs> game the other day was bad. It was awful. <laughs> so it, you just need to be consistent. We just need consistency. That's all we ask for, dude. In all of sports, like we just ask for consistency. That's why everybody hated the PI rule, right? That's why they got rid of it because it, it didn't make sense to anybody. Yeah, kind of, challenging it and all that other shit. The catch for the longest time, nobody knew what a fucking catch was in the NFL. Oh yeah, that 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 was one of the most horrible rules in NFL history. That caught that actually really cost teams games. Yep, and it pretty much cost Dallas a chance at going to a Super Bowl because. We all best know that damn catch. best Brian catch was a damn catch. If nope. anything, it was a, a fumble and he recovered it. But calling that a no catch, crazy, crazy, bro. And it's just like all we ask for is consistency. And with sports gambling being much bigger now, like they have to be transparent, dude. Yeah, shout out to sports gambling because it could be coming to California really soon. Yep, Prop Twenty Seven. Yeah, I think it is gonna pass. I think it's gonna pass too. Let's see. Let's see how it works out. I thought the California tribes uh, had a lot of power to, like, make it not happen. But it seems as if, like, smaller tribes. And this could be, like, you know, DraftKings going in there or FanDuel or whatever and paying these little tribes money to say, hey, like, back, yes, on Prop 27, we'll give you money. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. we'll kick you down some. It got to pass. As much as money as New York making – off of sports betting. Imagine when California gets it. Game changer, dude. But yeah. we need transparency from these leagues. Yeah, you know definitely. I mean? Absolutely need transparency. And until that happens, like, it, there's always going to be questions in the back of people's heads, dude. And- oh, and the last thing I wanted to bring up, ESPN and the Big Ten – couldn't come to an agreement on games being shown on that network this year. So for the first time in 40 years, the Big Ten will not carry any – I mean, ESPN will not carry any Big Ten games. So that means Ohio State versus Michigan could possibly be on CBS, NBC, or probably on Fox because I think Fox will have most of the media rights. Yeah, Fox does usually carry their – Bigger games. And another caveat, the Big Ten having a relationship with NBC, that probably gives Notre Dame the leg up on joining the Big Ten. I mean, at this point, we already know what's happening, dude. Yeah. It's just a matter of when. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's going to be the worst kept secret ever when it gets announced. It will it might get announced before the season starts, dude. Because if Notre Dame joins the Big Ten, that all but guarantees Stanford's going to the Big Ten. Yep. Because they're not going to lose that rivalry. That's their second biggest rival outside of USC. Yeah. Yep. And and uh, in Stanford, like, getting that Bay Area market is good mm-hmm. for the Big Ten, in my, my opinion. Northern, yeah, it's Northern California. 
And that's the second biggest market on the West Coast. Yep. So it makes sense. Um, all right, we got any best bets for tomorrow? Uh, let me look. I was looking at some bets right now. Let's do best bets for tomorrow. Astros money line. Who are they playing? The Rangers. Oh, I like it. Uh, Yuri, uh, on the mound. He pitches really yeah, well sure. at home too. Um. Mm-hmm. I like under eight and a half Toronto and Baltimore. Kyle Bradish versus Alec Manoa. Alec Manoa, I said he's been struggling. He's three and three in his last six starts. However, Kyle Bradish was lights out in his last start. The game went over today. I don't see either of these pitchers giving up as many runs as, as today. I like this game under eight and a half. I would play it before it goes to eight because then I would not play it at all. So give me the under eight and a half. Let's go. And another bet I might like is the Seattle Mariners with Luis Castillo on the mound versus the Yankees. Yeah, he shut the Yankees down twice this season. Yeah. He did, but, uh, you know, the Yankees are going to have some momentum. They're beating the dog shit out of the Mariners tonight against Logan, Logan Gilbert, too. <laughs> Gilbert Gilbert's one of their rocked. best pitchers. Yeah. So it should be interesting. But thank you, everybody, for joining us. I know this was a short episode. We'll be back Wednesday, though. We're going to be breaking down the Big Ten over-under win totals. You can catch all of our other college uh, football previews. Catch them on the podcast. Go to www.taproomsportspodcast.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Catch us on YouTube. Make sure to like, subscribe, so you know when the podcast drop. For Swerving Irving Washington, I'm Jordan Stacks on Stacks on Stacks. Lads. We'll catch y'all later. Let's get this Love money. Wednesday. Peace. Have a good night. Yes. Put in those bets. Let's get it.